So we just want to get started, pals. If you just want to introduce yourself to everybody, you know, how you got to where you're at now, playing pro, etc. Yeah, Todd Gleave, um, 25 now, so getting on a little bit. Yeah. Um, started off at, um, I was in the London Irish Academy when I was at school, um, in the age groups, slowly around 16. My last year of school, I ended up doing my ACL um, in a sevens tournament. All right. <laughs> which as a front rower, I was obviously a bit livid about playing sevens <laughs> and getting injured. Um, so from that, I ended up missing out on an academy contract because I was obviously injured. Um, so I kind of took applied to university, took it took a year out to kind of sort my knee out, see what what happened. Played for my local side, which was East Grinstead, um, who they're in like National Three, I think, at the time. So it was like a decent enough standard. Um, like coming out of school, it was obviously quite good. Um, from there, I ended up getting a trial at London Scottish, um, did the back end of the season there and then signed there in the summer. So I did a, a, a year there um, and then went to Roslyn Park as well. So it was around the London area and then full circle, um, ended up back at London Irish after a few boys used to come on loan to Roslyn Park from London Irish. So the coaches used to come and watch the games. So I ended up full circle back there, which was quite quite funny. Obviously, some of the boys that I knew from before were still there. Um, was at London Irish for a few years and then had the opportunity to move to Gloucester, which I've now been there for moving into my third season. Um, however you want to take it with lockdown, end of the yeah. second, third. Um, and then the... So it was George now at Gloucester was the forwards coach at London Irish as well when I was there so it's kind of crossed paths quite a few times with a few few different people there um, and then yeah obviously takes takes me to where I am now yeah cool um, just flicking back a bit it'd be interesting to hear about your experiences with the ACL injury so when did you have that at 16 did you say yeah, 16, 17. I was pretty young doing that. So obviously, um, at 17 years old, with you know knocking on the door of a of a professional contract and that setting you back. Um, obviously, that must have been difficult in itself. So it'd be interesting to hear about kind of maybe your mindset around that and how you got on. Obviously, at the other end of it, like you have done. Yeah. Um, so initially, when I'd done it, um, I just thought like I'd hurt my knee. It wasn't really too like when you're young, you're obviously not too aware of like the body and how, how it works. Obviously as you get older you start to kind of get to know know your body a little bit more. Um so I just thought oh, I've hurt my knee, I'll be fine in a few weeks. Um like rested for a few weeks and then there was like another sevens tournament. So I tried <laughs> yeah. to I tried to train leading into that. Um and my I was like running and my knee was just like giving way and I just said to the coach like I don't think I'm gonna be able to play like there's something not quite right. Um, managed to get like a scan, thinking, oh, this is maybe just going to take a little bit longer. And then when when the guy told me, you've done your ACL, so you're looking at kind of six to nine months, I kind of didn't really believe. Yeah. <laughs> it's obviously quite an adverse situation when you're young. Um, it's a long time as well. I was obviously on the brink of potentially getting, getting an academy contract. So it was obviously everything that I didn't really want to hear. Yeah, um, but in terms of that, like, 
I spoke to a few different people. Luckily, at the time, I had a guy um, called Andy McKenzie who was worked um, was in the army, worked at Headley Court with some of the soldiers there, um, and he helped me with my rehab. He kind of guided me pretty pretty heavily all the way through. Um, I was pretty because I knew I had a year out to kind of get my knee right, so I was pretty focused in terms of that. Like I knew got a year like there's no rush just getting the 100 right and just see kind of where you end up um but i kind of yeah like i didn't didn't really leave any stone unturned made like a bit of a journal as well each day just okay. so, like um when because when you're like free you're not very mobile at the start when you're on crutches and stuff it's obviously hard to see from like week two to week four you're like have i actually made any progression but looking back on it, just I literally wrote a couple of notes down each day, um, which was actually made quite a bit of difference because you can look back on it and you're like, oh, as much as you're still on crutches or you still can't do whatever you want to do, you're like, oh, I've actually progressed from doing basically yeah. nothing. Yeah. So that, that that was something that I found pretty helpful. Um, and then I just like worked pretty short-term goals in terms of like, I wanted to be able to walk within a certain amount of time. I wanted to be on a bike by X amount of weeks. Um, I wanted to have full range of movement by this date. So I kind of just set myself little mini goals, um, which I knew, like, if I'm hitting them goals, I'm on track to return sort of six, seven, eight, nine months' time. Yeah. It's uh, it's interesting you talk about, obviously, you, you felt you need go, but then you went then on to play two weeks later. Um, and this is why I basically say, it, and this is for anybody that's listening, um, if you are relatively strong and you do do your ACL, people can actually play on them. People think that, you know, that you do your ACL and you literally cannot walk. I've known people that because they're so strong in terms of like the lower body strength, because obviously the quads, the hamstrings, the glutes, everything can keep everything together. They can actually play a couple more games until they realise, fucking I've done something bad here, which is obviously what happened to you. You know, you didn't realise it was as, as bad as it actually was. Um, so I'm guessing at the time, did you have a decent bit, for a 17-year-old lad, you had a decent bit of strength about you, is that right? Yeah, like I trained, because of obviously being in an academy set up, I think it's probably more so now, like you see some of the boys coming through now that are like first-year academy boys. Yeah, it's just mad. <laughs> they're, stronger than, they're stronger than 90% of the first-team boys. Yeah. Um, so I feel like I was maybe at the... Start of that phase of a cat where like they started to introduce a bit of an SNC program. Yeah, it wasn't like mega strict because you're obviously at school, mm -hmm. but there was like a decent foundation there, um, and there was like enough there that it was basically it was down to you. you can, yeah, you can do as much or as little as you want, which I think is probably looking back on it, it probably helps them out as well because it sees who's dedicated. Yeah, definitely. If people are training every day or they're doing all the sessions then you know they're dedicated whereas on the flip side you know you set a program out and you ask someone how many sessions they've done and they haven't really done anything yeah it probably tells you quite a lot about where their where their mindset's at yeah definitely um, at, at the time like yeah like my knee was sore but it wasn't like i didn't think it was like horrendous um yeah when the guys were like testing it, my hamstring was like firing loads, which is obviously like a protective mechanism. Um, so yeah, like I guess like my legs m must have been relatively strong. That was probably masking some of the pain. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, like it's just one of them. Like some people, some people cope cope with it better than others, depending on like what yeah injury. So individual, it's like depends what what other bits you you've done at the same time as well. Yeah, it's one of them in rugby as well, where I think that um, players are probably not as as quick to say that something's wrong compared to other sports. Uh, yeah. Not throwing other sports under the bus, but I think that obviously rugby does that kind of like mentality where you just just kind of get on with it for a little bit until that you are actually in trouble. Whereas you know it'd probably be better off at times just to bite the bullet a bit and just say, "Look, something's wrong here," and then get it sorted out a little bit quicker. Um, but yeah, it's interesting, obviously, listening to how you think you were at that start of the academy, kind of SSC really being implemented in. Um, which obviously then took you into some form of like well structured training, and then obviously as a as a pro, you've you've had that time to settle in, and then obviously Corona's come and thrown everyone and everything all over the place. So as as a professional, then what did lockdown uh, look look for you day to day? Yeah, we um, we got sent like a guidelines um, sessions from from the SNC coaches, which was like. Um, there was like running base sessions, which was like w- one was like a speed base session, um, one was like a repeated speed, and then there was two like more aerobic conditioning based like running volume sessions, um, and then there was they basically co- tried to cover everything because it's like you don't know, some boys have got access to a park, other boys haven't got access, some boys have got access to a, a rowing machine, other boys haven't, and like the weights are varied. Some boys got managed to get we basically strip the gym from everything yeah. so i managed to get like a barbell and like a, about 120 kilos kettlebell and some bands so i had like bits and bobs but some boys like some of the some of the foreign boys went back home so i guess they were maybe limited in terms of like equipment that they had so it was kind of varied in terms of when we came back there was like some boys that had done loads of weights but not much running yeah and other boys had done loads of running, but not much weights. Um, and then there was like, even the running was like, some boys had been like, I've just been going for a 5k run. Yeah. <laughs> like you'd never, you'd never do. No. Some boys would be like, oh, I've just been doing like repeated speed stuff. Um, so I, I, I basically tried to just follow the program because it's like, it's mapped out, it's there for you. The guys that are in charge obviously know what they're doing. So I just... I did all my training in the mornings because I kind of like to keep a routine, just get up, have my breakfast, do a session, and I train in the morning. And then by the time I'd be like finished, it'd be like midday, afternoon, shower up. And then I feel like I'd got through like a decent chunk of the day. Yeah. It's gone. Um, I had access, I managed to get a Watt bike online from a guy right. just before lockdown. Yeah. Uh, which was pretty handy in terms of that. And then I've got a there's a local rugby club just down the road, which I did did all my running sessions at, and then I just had a like a barbell in the garden. I had like a got a concrete block, and then I was using my wheelie bin as like a squat rack. <laughs> so it was it was pretty mix and match, but like the sessions, the sessions were like all mapped out. And then yeah. So. Um. So like obviously for you, you said you know you was able to keep a little bit of structure in terms of your gym work and your running. Some some boys wasn't. I mean, when you returned back to club, was there any testing in place to see kind of what people had either lost or retained over that period? 
no, we didn't test. Like, or was it just straight back into it because of time? Well, so because of how it worked out, it wasn't. We couldn't just walk straight back into rugby, so we had to be yeah. a small group. Yeah. So they split us like position specific groups, um, and there was like a running. You do a running block, and then a weight session, and it was pretty like it was, it was pretty mega strict. Yeah. It was like that was when COVID was still pretty prevalent. So it's like you turn up, you do your temperature screening, etc. You'd be straight. You wouldn't even go in the building. You'd be straight on the pitch, do your running session for say forty five minutes go wash your hands in the gym 45 minutes and then everyone's got to leave because the next group's in. Yeah. It's, it's not like everyone's in at the same time. Um, I think they didn't do testing because it's like, because there's such a broad range of boys, it's like you can't, because of how strict it was, you can't expect everyone to be up to... A certain level. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if someone hasn't had access to something, it's like it's not really through their fault, but... From my understanding, like everyone came back in pretty good, yeah, like, pretty decent shape, and like it wasn't too. You're obviously going to take a bit of time getting back used to things, but it wasn't too much of a shock. I think the biggest thing is like was like the contact and stuff. Yeah, like, everyone was running fit and like had had done some form of weights, but you can't really replicate. Yeah, like contact involvements. Um, so that yeah, like there was no testing, I think, because do you really want to make someone go maximally on their first session back when they've yeah. been for three months? Or yeah. Hour? Like it's, I think I think personally it's like a smart idea because it's like the balance is you should kind of see with off season a little bit. You say to guys go away and have a rest for five weeks, but you need to come back and you've got to be as fit as you've ever been to beat your yeah. Pre- you beat your testing scores and it's like you, you're not really going to get exactly what you want you either want someone to rest and come back in respectable condition or you want them to train really hard whilst they're away yeah and, and beat their yo-yo score or their bronco score or whatever so i think it's kind of finding the, the balance um of that do you do you feel personally that um you've managed to maintain well having the equipment that you've had etc um, because it's been such a long period, obviously. Because, I mean, what's it been since the season ended? Was it March? Was it April? Yeah. yeah. So, what's that? April, May, June, July. You know, looking at like five months maybe until you actually returned, compared to what a normal off season would look like. Yeah. Um, have you felt a difference on your return back, or do you feel like you've actually managed to retain uh, a lot of your usual scores? I feel like I've managed to maintain quite a bit. Yeah, like. Had you just kind of make use of what you what you've got and you kind of adapt your routine a little yeah. bit. Obviously not ideal, um, but like you do, you just got to make 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 do with what you've got. And I think like if you train, no matter what you've got, if you're training hard, you're gonna get some form of gains or, or yeah. at least maintain what you've got. Yeah, definitely. The, you could have 300 kilos of weight, but you don't lift hardly any of it. Yeah. But this is uh this is basically what we try try to say to our players at the start of lockdown is that it's cliche but if you don't use it you will lose it. I mean you're not gonna from home you're not gonna make any ridiculous gains let's say but you are gonna manage to maintain at least something. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's uh it's an interesting perspective to it from your side of things. So let's 
let's forget about COVID. Let's sag that off for a second. And let's think about um, you as a pro day to day. So before, obviously, all these protocols are in place in terms of cleanliness and hygiene and because of COVID, what would a day to day you know, look like for yourself in the week leading up to a game? Yeah. Um, the days obviously change depending on like the start of the week to the end of the week taper yeah. in terms of training load and stuff. In terms of my individual um, routine, like I like to get up pretty early. Um, I'm not a fan of like rolling out of bed and just getting straight into training. Some boys, some boys like it, but I've never really been like that. Yeah. I'd say like I'm pretty organized and don't really like to leave anything to chance. Um, so I normally get up pretty early, walk the dog, um, and then I'd say I'm normally one of the first in. Um, I like to go in the gym, do like get moving just so I'm like awake. Then we have breakfast at the club. Um, and then I normally will, if it's a Monday, get in the analysis room, watch some of my clips back from the weekend. And then you normally have weights and a meeting first thing on a Monday. Um, we do, a Monday we do lower body weights um, as like a bit of a, bit of a flush and it kind of varies depending on like if you're not involved or you're on the bench you're trying to hit pretty big numbers Monday morning mm-hmm. uh, whereas if you've played maybe 60 plus minutes you're trying to get through a bit but you're not like you're not killing yourself because yeah. it's kind of that balance of you're probably still a bit fatigued from the game um, so there's quite a big emphasis on like quality of movement um, so like you might drop the weight on Monday if you've played more minutes and just get through like a decent range which is probably probably better in terms of like you, Monday you're kind of using it as a recovery and a learning day still quite a bit then like Tuesday's a big Tuesday's like your upper body day which is like you normally by Tuesday you're feeling feeling alright by then um, so you can upper body as well is normally not too bad and Tuesday's like the physical day, so you normally do like your scrums and mauls. And it's normally a bit longer in terms of like running volume. Yeah. Um, and then in Thursdays is like a power day. That's like your big power stimulus. So there's normally like the Thursday gym session will be a power exercise with maybe some upper body fits. Um, and the Thursday's the Thursday field session is pretty speed based. Um, trying to trying to hit pretty decent speed numbers in terms of that, and then Friday again is like tapered down, as like a you, you basically you know your stuff your details done you just kind of put putting the finishing touches on it for a Saturday game. Um, normally like after training during the week varies. Um, we eat after training once you showered up, and then I normally come home chill out for a bit and then I normally do mobility in the evenings after dinner um, just depending I'd normally I've got like a circuit that I normally do mobility circuit that I get through most evenings yeah um, and then like Wednesdays is your off, Wednesdays and Sundays is your off day so I'll do I'll normally try and like go to the pool or something like that on a Wednesday just to kind of mix it up a little bit um, trying to think what else we've got sometimes on a Friday, uh, on a Tuesday, sorry, after a big day, there's ice baths if you need them, um, and after a game as well. But um, yeah, like, 
have pretty like regular routine in terms of like normally get moving in the mornings, mobility in the evenings, and it kind of stays pretty similar because you know like what normally gets tight or what normally needs needs moving, um, and then yeah like try to get a decent amount of sleep, um, and make sure like I'm eating well. Really. Yeah. That's spot on, mate. It's interesting hearing about the uh, obviously like the undulation of your intensities throughout the week. Because um, I think at your amateur levels, I think that's probably one of the the biggest setbacks that players have in terms of the way the structure of the training is. They feel like they've got to go 100% ham every single day and then they get to a Saturday and they're already blown out their ass. Yeah. So just hearing you there that actually Tuesday is, right, that's your day where you're going in, you're going hard. You know it's going to be a tough day, but then... You know, your Wednesday's obviously your recovery day. Thursday's power and speed, so nothing that's going to cause too much soreness leading into the weekend. Because um, you see it all the time at the, at the amateur rugby level where, you know, people are smashing a fucking massive leg session on a Friday night and then struggle to walk on the Saturday. So it's interesting hearing how you structure it. Um, moving on there, so you, you've touched on food, that you look after your food yourself. So... Um, You've got a decent nutrition background, is that right? Um, yeah, did a course through, um, it was kind of a bit of a last minute decision. I, One of my friends at London Irish got told about a course through the SNC guy called MNU. Mm-hmm. Um, and he messaged me basically saying, I'm doing this. Do you fancy doing it? Because obviously doing it together is a bit easier. You can obviously bounce ideas off each other. Um, hadn't really I wanted to do something outside of rugby just to kind of sometimes if you've got downtime or whatever it's quite good to just take your mind off of rugby and delve into something else mm-hmm. I looked at it and it was like I think it was like half an hour left until the deadline to register right. and I was like I'm just going to do it yeah like, what it's like. and I did it um, the first module was like about uh, like research methods and stuff and I was thinking oh no like what have I done here <laughs> this is not what I thought I was signing up for um, but that was like pretty, that was like the first two or three weeks as like an intro yeah and then once it got into like module two I think that was like uh, there was like seven modules I think in the end um, so it was like 18 months worth of like a lecture a week with like some work to do at home and then there was exams at the end but once you got into it, I actually like really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Had like a decent, had like what I thought was like a pretty decent understanding in terms of like what I needed, what I didn't need, how to like taper it and stuff. But it just kind of consolidated that, and it like looking back on it, it was a lot harder than I was expecting. Yeah, I was, I'll be fine. Like I'm not a decent amount. It will just obviously help me out. But it went like pretty in depth, and it was it was. I like. I enjoyed it. It was cool. It was cool to do. Do you feel like you've been able to implement your learnings then straight into your into your sort of like your day to day diet? So you're better off from it from a professional sportsman point of view. Yeah, I think so. Like I'd say, I had a pretty decent understanding in terms of it before, but it's now maybe just like cons- it's consolidated, um, like some of the stuff. Like I'd know what to do beforehand, whereas now I know like why i'm actually doing it like someone yeah like, you need to do this and i'll be like yeah i'll do that and i'll do it but i wouldn't really know like why do you know what i mean like if someone yeah says, no completely you, yeah you need to eat this amount of protein per day and mm. i'll be like 
okay, like I'll do that. But now I'm looking back now, I'm like, oh, people wanted me to eat that amount of protein because it's two grams per kilogram body weight. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, definitely. Like, whereas now I know, like, I'm doing that because. It's a great point you say, and the, the word you said there was like, why? I think that, um, I think in professional sport, this is something that we should probably see a little bit more as well in terms of like the education around a few things. Not because we want players to go on and be nutritionists or SSEs, but you know, as an SSE coach, I can stand there and talk about sort of like loader strategies and periodization of volume intensity. But if the person doesn't have any clue about it and doesn't know why, they can just be, they can be a bit like, nah. Like if you don't know why, you don't really want to do it a lot of the time. I think. Um, I feel like if you don't delve into the why as well, it's almost like. It's that added bit, like if someone's searching to know like why you're shown like they're constantly want to improve and get yeah. better. And it's yeah. like if why they've got like a bigger understanding of like how everything works, like the cogs in the machine turn. It's like whereas if it's just like blunt, this is that, they're gonna be like, Okay, but they're not gonna fully invest in it. Yeah, completely. It's kind of like the training and the nutrition marry up pretty similar as well, like you can train as hard as you want, but like, if you're trying to gain weight and you go home and don't eat anything, you're not going to gain any weight. Yeah. You know I mean? And yeah. like, if you're fueling, you're like training and stuff like that, and then you'll be like, why am I, why do I feel tired? Yeah. It's like, you're not, probably not eating enough. Yeah, completely. It's, um, again, it's another fundamental that people just, they think it's, again, it's one of those cliche sayings that you can't actually out train a bad diet. Or, yeah. a, or a diet that doesn't exist like you know you need to fuel what you're actually doing so i think that's a great point the why the bit there is you know is a great point it's um it underpins a lot of the stuff that we do in terms of uh, the project academy which is what we deliver before and we basically give like seminars every week not yeah. like you've got to be sat down at this time to do it it's more of a case of look here's a 50 minute video on warm-ups or whatever watch it in yeah. your own time just to help people get a bit better understanding so uh no it's great that you said that so moving on so just kind of like to, to wrap up a little bit really so some great points you've made um, and i think people fucking get lows from you know the, the 30 minutes we've been talking but for you personally like what's next so you're 25 um what do you reckon in a covid free world is is coming next for todd gleave um Good question. Good question. Um, it's kind of like because of how the season is at the minute, we're pretty we're like finishing this block of games. Yeah. And it's not long before the next season starts. So it's kind of like I want to make sure I'm in the like I'm fully focused on these games now, but I want to be in my best possible position for the start of next season. Yeah. Um, like. Uh, as much as like rugby's a team sport is so individual because it's like everyone's got individual things that they need to do to make them tick. Mm-hmm. Like my my individual prep is going to be completely different to someone else's individual prep. But like you've got to respect like each person that that's 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 how they deal with it or that's how they um, that's how they get ready. So it's like, it's so individual, but I'd like to just make sure like I'm in my best possible position for the start of next season. Um, so that I'm playing like week in, week out. Um, and touch wood, I'd like, like to try and stay injury free. So yeah. part, part of it. Um, 
and I feel like they kind of they come in they come in bunches sometimes like you normally find like you're coming back from one injury you normally pick up another another little niggle um but it's just like being as diligent as you can around that but I'd like to I like to just make sure I'm in a, I'm in a decent position. I think everyone's pretty keen. Like having four months off from rugby is like unheard of. It's yeah. Like everyone's I've only been doing it for like a short amount of time, but I've never had. You normally get like a five week break at the end of season, and like that's it. And like there's some guys, some of the some of the guys that work at the club said like they've been in professional rugby since it started in like '95. And they've never had the break. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you got. I think you just got to take it for what it is, and like not get too caught up. Um, just like every day, live day to day. And I liked. I'm, I'm very. Um, I'm very like process driven. So yeah. I just like to get in, like a decent routine, and just like, like I said, like everyone's routine is different. Like my routine is different to the next person's routine. But once you find out what what works for you I feel like that's the best and that's probably if I was giving advice to anyone that would be my biggest thing find out what works for you and just stick to it and don't do something else just because your mate's doing it yeah it might work for him but it might not work for you classmate appreciate your time that was uh, that's 30 minutes of gold I think for a podcast so thanks very much mate appreciate it no worries thanks for having me